Catch Up with Cat. Hello and welcome to Catch Up with Cat with me, Cat Harvey. It's the final week of this wee mini show created to hopefully make things just that little bit better. Okay, it's Tuesday morning, so that means that it's time to catch up for the final time, sadly, with our NHS Couch to 5K team. That is PT Robin Haggart. Good morning, Robin. Good morning. And also we have our brave, if somewhat calamitous volunteer, it's engineer Craig Donald. Hiya, Craig. How's it going? Not bad at all. And his pal that he roped in last week, Bobby Brown. Hiya, Bobby. Oh. <laughs> Craig? <laughs> Craig, where's your pal Bobby that, that joined us last week? I uh, know, he, he works shifts, so he's struggling today, so he's still working. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> And you're believing that, chat? Well, well, that's what he's telling me anyway, so... We'll get to him anyway. How disappointing, a programme with no Bobby. Anyway, we'll get <laughs> to him soon. So, Robin, the Couch to 5K from the NHS, it's a nine-week programme, and we are only six weeks into it, but it's only a six-week show. This is our final week. I want you to be honest with me, Robin, OK? Yes. What are the chances of our Craig completing the challenge now that we're not going to be checking up on him every week. Craig, how long did it take you to run your first 5k in week one? Because <laughs> by week nine, 30 minutes, you can do a 30 minute run. Yeah. yeah. So very slim. <laughs> so, yeah, so very slim is your answer. That's what I was saying. I was going to get to that eventually. Craig, tell us, before we get to week six, how did you actually get on in week five? How have you been doing? Uh, it wasn't too bad. Uh, been out twice during the week. Uh, I ended up falling out in my back garden the other day because I was trying to put fencing up around the back and I don't know, I did something to my back, so I've kind of been just taking it easy a couple of days. So. Do, you, do you put your shoes on the wrong feet or something? Because last week, did you not hurt your ankle because you fell over looking at a cow? Yeah, that's what my girlfriend <laughs> keeps telling me, that I'm just an uh, idiot. And I don't look where I'm going, I'm just uh, a bit of a donut, as you would say. But. So, so no, any other attractive wildlife causing you injury this, this week? Just the fences? No. No, just a couple of fences, that's about all. That's it. <laughs> so, within week five then, you said you've been out twice. You've obviously got your ankle recovering from the cow injury, your back recovering from the fence injury. What's the longest period that you actually ran for this week? Uh, I think it was about eight minutes. Eight. Uh, just, it kind of did feel quite hard doing it. I don't know if it's just with the heat as well. Can that make a big difference, Robin, if they're doing it when it's too hot? I would have said so, yeah. I personally wouldn't have ran in the heat either. Obviously, you're having to work that little bit harder. The sun, obviously, would have been making you hotter, making you breathe a little bit quicker, yeah. um, which would obviously would have made you tired out. The good thing about this is you don't really have to do it in the nine weeks. Um, I think they're quite clear in that, aren't they, Robin? If there's a week that you don't feel that you've progressed, you can do it again and again until you feel ready to move on. Yeah, that's it. You can repeat... Um, it, say week five four times if you really wanted to before you move on to week six yeah just when you're ready because there's no point in moving on because week six obviously the runs get longer and your rest again goes down so there's no point in moving on if you struggled already with week five yeah so what is week six then what what would week six be so week six is we are doing again three runs we've got your five minute warm-up and then you are doing five minutes of running 
three minutes of walking and then it increases. Uh, will you continue to week nine? I mean, you've actually, despite all the injuries and we've had a laugh yeah. at your expense, which we're sorry <laughs> about, but you are quite funny and you have called yourself a donut and I've never met anyone that's fallen over a looking at a cow before so <laughs> we do have to giggle like that do you think you will be able to do it onto week nine at least get your 5k done once I, I think i will i think i will stick with it but have you enjoyed it though because at the very start of this you did say you hadn't run since secondary school um which is when you were 15 or 16 years old do you feel a little bit fitter or, or have you got a little bit of incentive to get yourself into better shape. Yeah, I, I do feel better myself. Just we've been out a couple of times from now doing it, so. Well, listen, you've been an absolute star. I was going to say you've been a great sport, but I'm not sure about a great sport. At least you've been a good laugh. You've well, been a exactly. good laugh. <laughs> and that's half the battle at the moment, Craig, is putting a smile on people's faces. So thank you so much for doing that for us. And Robin, thanks Thanks for giving us a wee bit of uh, expert advice as well. You've had your work cut out with this one. You're welcome. <laughs> and remember, you can get full details on the NHS Couch to 5K at the website. That's nhsinform.com. When Amanda Jones sent in an email telling me all about what she and her colleagues at NHS Lothian were getting up to, I knew I had to get her on for a wee chat. And she is here right now. Hello, Amanda. How are you getting on? Hello. Hello, Kat. We're doing. We're getting on, working hard, getting things geared up and ready to go. Good, yep. good last, good last. Now, tell me, what is it that you do? What's your job? So, I am the head of the Occupational Health Physiotherapy Services for NHS Lothian. So, our job as a team is to help look after the staff so they can look after the patients. So, you're actually caring for all the carers. Then that is a very important job, Amanda. It it is, and it's a very <laughs> busy job. Now tell us about this little project then. It's not a little project, the project that you and your team are working on. Um, it sounds actually like it could be a lot of fun as well as being beneficial. So start, start at the beginning, what is it in the first place? Right, so yes, we hope it's going to be fun as well as helpful. Um, so we are designing a number of different three to five minute movement, stretching, get going type uh, videos, but also producing leaflets that can be downloaded with the idea being that people either working from home will have a certain set of things to help them stretch the muscles and, and get things moving um, to help them. And also there's a series for people who are working in the ward areas. So when they have their, when they do have a wee break, they can go and have some relaxation, nice big stretches and relaxation for three to five minutes and then another for a cardio break to help people just invigorate a bit and get moving um, and another one for community staff staff out in the community just to help again with a little bit of strength a little bit of movement to help limber up and keep those muscles going do you have any simple stretches that we could be doing if we're sitting at our laptop right now because i know that that's the position most people have found themselves in curled shoulders the sore back and neck. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I'll do, I'll, I'm happy, I'm delighted. I'll, I'll talk you through maybe three little stretches and a wee bit of a, okay. a, a more, a, a larger muscle group move, uh, which people can do right now at home. So if you're sitting there, you can be sitting at your desk or your table, wherever, and just take your, if you take your ears up to your shoulders, squeeze them up to yep. shoulder, pull them back, relax them down. And again, shoulders towards your ears, shoulders back and relax them down. We'll do one more. Shoulders up. Pull them back and relax down. So another nice oh. one to do is, I'll, I'll is standing. I, I'm going to stop you right there, Amanda. I'm very crunchy. Things were making funny noises in my yeah, shoulder blades. Yeah. But didn't you feel that release when you low when you let yeah, the shoulders down like, again? It's it's amazing. That release is so nice. Oh. So it's really good that one. So the next okay. one would be to then stand yourself up, 
put your hands behind your back and clasp your fingers. And yep. then pull your shoulders back and pull your arms back away from your back. And you'll yes. feel that real stretch across the front oh. and in your back. <laughs> and relax yep. down. We'll do that again. Shoulders back, pull the hands out away from your back and relax uh -huh. down. And you'll feel that nice stretch across the front Ooh. and back. Because gravity pulls you forward as you slump over forward onto your laptop or your desk. And we want to go the opposite way because that works, stretches things out that are getting tight and moves other muscles, which then invigorates that circulation, which then keeps your body and your brain happy. Well, Amanda Jones, Head of Occupational Health Services for NHS Lothian. Good on okay. you. And, and thanks to you and all the team for the incredible job you continue to keep doing for us. Thank you. And thanks so much for public support. It's been amazing. The NHS, we're, we're honestly, the, the help with the morale has been wonderful. It's just absolutely amazing that population is helping us keep going. So thank you. Brilliant. So glad we can all be a wee part of it, Amanda. Take care of yourself. Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. Joining me for a catch up is Misha Botting, a sports psychologist and former ballet dancer who's worked with Sports Scotland for over a decade. Misha, first of all, I need to know a little bit about yourself. How did a former Russian ballet dancer end up coaching Scottish athletes? I love a good story. <laughs> yes, uh, so I was born in Moscow and trained in Moscow Ballet Academy and danced uh, professionally as a classical ballet dancer in Moscow before I moved to, uh, to Glasgow, actually. And, and uh, for six years, works with Scottish ballet, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and um, after a while, I kind of thought um, that, you know, how ballet dancers are trained, uh, you know, and what else uh, is missing there. And I realized that uh, ballet dancers don't really use the psychological uh, training like athletes do. And uh, I did my second degree in uh, performance psychology in Edinburgh Uni. And uh, uh, after this, uh, I saw myself uh, helping to train ballet dancers and performers on stage um, to just get the best out of themselves. And very soon after that, you know, I just moved to professional sports. Just you can imagine that I spent in ballet all my life. And all of a sudden, I come across a hundred 11 kilograms uh, prop and he asks me you know Misha I have a problem with uh, uh, I have a problem with with anger and frustration you know uh, help me with that and I kind of thought you know much much more excited to help a rugby guy who has these challenges rather than a ballerina who has a uh, sore toes you know <laughs> well, that's that's quite a remit, though. So you've worked with um, GB curling and the Paralympic team, Scottish hockey, Scottish gymnastics. And what is your main role with them then? Is, is it getting their head into the right place? Because that can make a world of a difference to an athlete, can't it? Absolutely. Uh, this makes a huge difference. And uh, if you think about uh, kind of the key uh, performances, I've been to two Olympic Games with our curlers, uh, one in Sochi when our team won uh, uh, three medals and that is to women men and indeed our paralympic squad won a medal as well and uh, also in pyeongchang when uh, our performance didn't rise up to the occasion but you're absolutely right uh, it's in, my job is very very critical at the final stages as well as throughout uh, the preparation for the games 
imagine that you know the key competition a curler sits in a hack just before uh, the slide and has all sorts of different uh, thoughts and most of them are uh, you know done this uh, and stuff like this of course this uh, mindset uh, changes uh, the way you play and it's not only curling in every sport it has a massive effect on uh, athletes performance so is this something we can all learn from and um put into our day-to-day lives then? Absolutely. I think that everyone can learn a lot uh, how to get uh, the best out of themselves, but also just cope with day-to-day situation. You know, I think that um, most of us, and I would say with a lot of it, from kind of face of a lot of experience working with people in all walks of life, that we don't have a foggiest idea about our potential. We really don't. And I think that um, this approach, the mindfulness approach, if you like, gives us an insight into what we're capable of doing. And if everyone just sees two things. First is that within us, there is a great potential. And our job is to certainly unveil this potential, what we're capable of doing. Okay. And the second is a bit of practice every day, 10, 15 minutes can make this huge, huge difference to all of us. Can I benefit from this? Can I do a little bit of mindfulness every day to make me cope better with the current situation? Is that something that would help? Absolutely. If you think about it, you know, uh, whether you're elite athlete or not elite athlete, your wellness and mental well-being, I would say to a large extent, is within you. And uh, the circumstances around you is, is a secondary factor, the primary factor, how you react on the environment that is around you. And if you find it a little bit difficult, a little bit stressful, this is completely understandable. But just remember that your potential of coping with the situation is within you, irrespective of whether you are elite athlete, irrespective if you are elite performer, or you're just a, a person who does the old, uh, kind of the jobs out there, any jobs whatsoever. The jobs is is the one thing. And the our potential, the potential that is within every single person is a personal thing. I, I actually love that. The positivity of that is just incredible. <laughs> but for so many people at, at the moment, that's what I mean, that's your job is to make us feel this way. I love it. Um, but for so many people at the moment, they might be a little bit overwhelmed with what's happening. Yes. You know, we're now out of lockdown a little bit, but it's in phases. What yes. can we do to, to make us cope a bit better with what's going on at the moment is there simple techniques that can help us through this yes yes uh i think that we can do plenty this is something that again i would like to encourage everyone to think like this it's not like um, you know where the frustration comes uh, from is just your uh understanding of the things that you're hitting the wall all the time you know i'm yes. trying to do things and things don't work but uh, please just remember that it is certainly there is certainly like an ocean of potential that we can do. For example, uh, a lot of um, very worrying and very anxious thoughts uh, are connected to what happened in the past or what happened in, in what may happen in the future. You know, and yes. I think that what all of us can do is to bring our awareness into here and now. If you are just doing your job, you know, for example, let, let's talk about back to sport. You know, when the curlers actually sit in the hack and just slide and just throw the stone, not thinking about the consequences or not thinking about what happened in the past, just absolutely rooted in, the, in here and now. That is 
the ideal situation. For all of us, it is the same. Just through your awareness of this here and now, I, I call it sometimes, I'm sure you heard this expression before. Yes, I have, yep. If you are rooted in here and now, there is no anxiety, no worry. The worry is associated either with the future or perhaps the past. Your final advice, then, we should be focusing on the here and now. Stop worrying about what's past, stop worrying about what's coming and just be a wee bit more mindful and things will get a little bit better for us. May I, may I add one more thing? And what I encourage uh, the clients and the clients that I work with is to do um, a, a gratitude reflection. Every single day, sit down and reflect on three things and write them down what you're grateful for. And what people also can do is to widen the gratitude awareness. For example, I'm gratitude for this. I'm grateful for this day. I'm grateful for this opportunity. Second, is you're widening up and say, I'm grateful for my family. And then you widen up. I'm grateful for, I don't know, the life, the, the beautiful country we live in, the beautiful day that just passed, the beautiful food that we can put on the table and so on and so on. Because I believe that the people sometimes take a lot of things for granted. And when we take a lot of things for granted, we just, it's like you have most beautiful dish in front of you, whatever it is, lovely, lovely food. You have two choices, appreciating what you eat or just swallow it and just keep running <laughs> within your day. So gratitude, <laughs> just uh, notice it. Uh, take a bit of time, five minutes, write down every day what you're grateful for. That's my second piece of advice. Oh, well, Misha, today I am, my gratitude is to you. Um, I am grateful that you have come on this little show to share your positivity and your tips on mindfulness. Thank you so much. And don't forget, more information in fitness and nutrition at the website clearyourhead.scot. Misha, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. I'm joined once again for a catch up by Tony McLaren from Breathing Space. Good evening, Tony. How are you? Delightful to hear your voice, Kat, and delighted to be here. Yes. Oh, it's been a, yeah, it's been a few weeks now since I've spoken to you. So, first of all, for those that might not know, tell us once again what Breathing Space is and what services you have on offer for people. Well, Breathing Space, is, as some of your listeners will know this evening, is a mental health phone line, Scotland's mental health phone line, and it tends to the needs of people who are experiencing distress in their life. And that distress could manifest itself in a variety of different ways, Kat, you know, all sorts of loneliness or social isolation issues, health anxiety, stress, I suppose a lot of the economic downturn as well, just now jobs, uncertainty. You know, we're hearing more and more about this re-entry anxiety almost, you know, that even as a lockdown starts to be lifted, you know, people are kind of anxious about getting back to work and doing the things that they want to do. So people phoning on a nightly basis, you know, uh, about 9,000 calls a month. So a significant number of people in Scotland are taking that opportunity to pick up the phone to maybe, it's not about speaking to your mum or your dad or your partner or whatever, speaking to a stranger, but getting that maybe sort of a objective viewpoint. Uh, for the for the stress and anxiety they're going through or, or whatever it is they're experiencing. Along with web chat, it just gives people an option. You know, you can phone someone 
because we know it's good to talk uh, and also we can web chat, it's good to communicate, to stay connected, to keep in touch and I always like to know that am I getting off my head at the moment here or I really have to check this out with someone, or really, there's no one else I can speak to so I need to speak with breathing space. Now tonight I want to talk about some of the issues you just mentioned there Tony, the easing of lockdown it's not going to be that easy for some people. What do you think the main issues are surrounding getting ourselves back into the workplace and getting ourselves back out and about with people when we've been locked in for so long? Yeah, I think that a lockdown cat has created a kind of safe bubble for, for some of us. Yeah. You know, we're, we're locked in our homes, our flats, places that we call home. And the people that we live with uh, or maybe the people that we connect with in the close or whatever and it's created a safe bubble and now we're sort of being advised that it might be quite safe to come out you know in phase one following the Scottish Government's guidance to I suppose to go into the world again so there's maybe that bit about fear of the unknown for some people which is looming quite large it's almost a, this kind of psychological tsunami that people maybe think oh it's going to be terrible we're going to not cope with all this and yet for the vast majority of us we will move back in uh, to what we maybe want to call normality Mm. and actually manage it fairly well Uh, so there is something about the connectedness uh, that we've done through zoom and through all sorts of other platforms and the sense of belonging that maybe with a face-to-face we've missed out on. And as much as you can manifest it through the phone or through uh, computer software products and things, there's nothing quite like just giving somebody a hug uh, and saying hello to someone and being connected in that way. So that, that's that, that's going to be welcome further down the road. But this is, this is the serious stuff as well. Uh, your listeners will know this. Recession, yep. unemployment, Debt, alcohol, not to depress you here and a so it's, 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 that can be quite overwhelming mm. and maybe constitutes that kind of perfect storm for people. So it's not any one thing, cat. It could be a number of these things coming to coming to fruition for people. And I, I know that uh, I did read somewhere was some I think it was re-entry anxiety referred to as you know. Um, and anxiety is quite a strong word to use for that because we don't all suffer anxiety. We, we suffer maybe bouts of stress. Anxiety becomes something that is uh, persisting. The threat's not going away. You know, we're, we're filled with apprehension and dread. Now, I don't know if that fits for your listeners and that kind of vocabulary, but for some people, it may well be that. There's a real anxiety. So there's maybe things we can do to offset that anxiety moving into the, the moving away I should say from the lockdown what can we do to support our friends or family that we might realise are not coping with this quite as well as some of us are I, I think uh, um, there are, there are a, a whole load a variety of different things that different people can do. So you would have to use the I statement and personalise it for yourself. What works for me? So it may well be that, you know, do things at your own pace. You know, if you don't feel like going out, you don't have to go out. You don't need to go to the shops. You don't need to go to garden centres or whatever. Go at your own pace. 
maybe plan ahead as well. It may well be that uh, rather than sort of, um, you know, sort of jumping up and saying, well, let's just do this, maybe a wee bit of planning ahead, say that next weekend I would hope to do this, the following weekend I want to do that, etc. I think as well, it's keeping to the rules. If we all keep to the rules, then we save lives. And that may well seem a bit drastic, but we have to maintain that approach that the people of Scotland have, have kept to uh, for these past 10 weeks. I think positive routines, I think we spoke about this before, Kat. Yeah. You know, that way about sleep hygiene and, you know, getting up in the morning at, at almost at the same time and trying to get to bed at the same time, that kind of stuff. I think we have to really sort of keep to that. So those positive routines. And alongside that, the continued... I suppose I continued good practices. Um, I mean, I was saying to, to Eileen, you know, we're out walking, and, and I thought, it would be great just to keep this up. You know, so that we're, you know, the, the walk in the evening or whenever people do a wee walk, or, and they say hello to people in the street, I mean, well, does that all stop when lockdown ends? <laughs> the kindness as well, I've really liked that. I've enjoyed being more um, in conversations with neighbours that maybe haven't been... Not not that they weren't any friendly before, but it's just everyone's come together a little bit more. So I'm hoping that that continues as well. That's been a, a nice positive from Tony. As ever, you're just that wee bit of calm in my crazy life that just keeps me on the straight and narrow. You're just full of brilliant advice. Thank you so much for joining me once again. And you and your team at Breathing Space, always there to help. How do we get in touch with you? You can phone uh, free on 0800 and the web chat service is available on our website uh, breathingspace.scot And don't forget there's also plenty of great advice at the website clearyourhead.scot on stress management and some sleep tips as well Tony McLaren, keep up the good work thank you so much for being a part of this show, you've been an absolute star, thank you Catch up with Kat, we're in this together So I'm back tomorrow morning at 9.40 when N.T. O'Donnell from the Pink Wheelbarrow will be giving us some top tips on growing our own food, even if we live in a top floor flat, why not give it a go Catch up with Kat in association with the Scottish Government.